You may wonder why I'm reading a poem by a nun. Well, some people didn't know that nuns existed. Unfortunately, even though they haven't existed in this tradition for over a thousand years, until very recently, their poetry has been published and kept for two and a half millennia plus. And so have all the suttas or verses and teachings in the Pali Canon by nuns. They have also been preserved. In the time of the Buddha, the nuns used to go out into the forest, probably a forested area that was part of their monastery, because we could not be alone in the forest. That's one of the rules. When Subha was on her way to the mango grove, the delightful mango grove, which belonged to Jiwaka, a goldsmith's son blocked her path. So she said to him, What wrong have I done that you stand in my way? It is not proper, my friend, that a man should touch a woman gone forth. I respect the master's message, the training pointed out by the one well gone. I am pure without blemish. Why do you stand in my way? You, your mind agitated, impassioned. I, unagitated, unimpassioned, with a mind entirely freed. Why do you stand in my way? And he says, You are young and not (laughs) bad-looking. What need do you have for going forth? Throw off your ochre robe. Come, let us delight in the flowering grove. A sweetness they exude everywhere. The trees risen up with their pollen. The beginning of spring is a pleasant season. Come, let us delight in the flowering grove. The trees with their blossoming tips moan as it were in the breeze. What delight will you have if you plunge into the grove alone, frequented by herds of wild beasts, disturbed by elephants, rutting and aroused? You want to go unaccompanied into the great, lonely, frightening grove. Like a doll made of gold, you will go about like a goddess in the gardens of heaven, with delicate, smooth, kasi fabrics, You will shine, O beauty, without compare. I would gladly do your every bidding if we were to dwell in the glade. For there is no creature dearer to me than you, O nymph, with the languid regard. If you do ask, happy, come, live in my house, dwelling in the calm of a palace, have women wait on you, Wear delicate fabrics. Adorn yourself with garlands and creams. I will make you many and varied ornaments of gold, jewels, pearls. Climb onto a costly bed, 
scented with sandalwood carvings with a well-washed coverlet, beautiful, spread with a willen quilt, brand new, like a blue lotus rising from the water where no human dwells. You will go to old age with your limbs unseen if you stay as you are in the holy life. What do you assume of any essence here in this cemetery grower filled with corpses, this body destined to break up? What do you see when you look at me, you who are out of your mind? Your eyes are like those of a fawn, like those of a sprite in the mountains. Seeing your eyes, my sensual delight grows all the more, like tips they are of blue lotuses in your golden face, spotless. Seeing your eyes, my sensual delight grows all the more. Even if you should go far away, I will think only of your pure, long-lashed gaze, for there is nothing dearer to me than your eyes, O nymph, with the languid regard. She says, you want to stray from the road? You want the moon as a plaything? You want to jump over Mount Sineru? You who have designs on one born of the Buddha? For there is nothing anywhere at all in the cosmos with its devas that would be an object of passion for me. I don't even know what that passion would be, for it has been killed, root and all, by the path, like embers from a pit scattered, like a bowl of poison evaporated. I don't even see what passion would be, for it's been killed, root and all, by the path. Try to seduce one who has not reflected on this or who has not followed the Master's teaching, but try it with this one who knows and you suffer. For in the midst of praise and blame, pleasure and pain, my mindfulness stands firm. Knowing the unattractiveness of things compounded, my mind cleaves to nothing at all. I am a follower of the well-gone, riding the vehicle of the Eightfold Way, my arrow removed, effluent free. I delight, having gone to an empty dwelling, for I have seen well-painted puppets hitched up with sticks and strings made to dance in various ways. When the sticks and strings are removed, thrown away, scattered, shredded, smashed into pieces not to be found, in what will the mind there make its home? This body of mind is just like that. When devoid of dhammas, it doesn't function. When devoid of dhammas, it doesn't function. In what will the mind there make its home? Like a mural you've seen painted on a wall, smeared with yellow or pement, there your vision has been distorted. Your perception of human being is pointless like an evaporated mirage, 
like a tree of gold in a dream, like a magic show in the midst of a crowd, you run blind after what is unreal. Resembling a ball of searing wax set in a hollow with a bubble in the middle and bathed with tears, eye secretions are born there too. The parts of the eye are all rolled together in various ways. Plucking out her lovely eye, with mind unattached, she felt no regret. Here, take this eye, it's yours. She plucks out her eye and offers it to him. Straight away she gave it to him. Straight away his passion faded right there. (laughs) And he begged her forgiveness. Be well, follower of the holy life. This sort of thing won't happen again. (laughs) Harming a person like you is like embracing a blazing fire. It's as if I have seized a poisonous snake. So, may you be well. Forgive me. And released from there, the nun went to the excellent Buddha's presence. When she saw the mark of his excellent merit, her eye became as it was before. <laughs>